in this world of special needs, it's a lot about being able, what you're able to do. I think if the outside world looks at what they can't do, and inside Anna's classroom at least, and for, for teacher Shannon, it's all about what they can. This episode is, is very special to me. Um, this week I got to interview my wife, Nikki, and my little girl, Anna. And this is in conjunction with all the other ones about wholeness and all the ones coming up where we're exploring wholeness even more. Um, but this is the story of my little girl and how we are becoming more whole because of her and how wholeness in Anna's life looks different than a typical 11 year old. So here's a glimpse into my life. Here's a glimpse into how awesome my wife is and my little girl is, and I hope you enjoy it. Sitting in my TV room with my little girl, Anna, and with my wife, Nikki, and they agreed to join me on this on this podcast for Fort Cornelius. Nikki, if someone hasn't met you, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. Ness, and I am a mom of five kids, and I work in Ethiopia helping women get out of the sex industry. In this set of podcasts, we're talking about the idea of wholeness and about how Jesus came to give us life to the full, that uh, we're meant to have this, this life full of, of meaning and richness and relationships and all of that kind of stuff. And in the middle of that, realize that sometimes it feels like a full life looks exactly the same for every person. And that's not very realistic. And I started thinking about Anna some and um, want to ask you a couple questions about what it is like to be Anna's mom. So first of all, what are some of the differences or challenges that Anna has compared to a typical 11-year-old little girl? Well, Anna was born with a brain injury that happened just either during birth or like right before or after. So that gives her a speech delay and cognitive delay. Um, she has developmental delays and epilepsy and a sleep disorder and just recently now eats through a feeding tube. <clears throat> yeah. So Anna's got uh, a load of challenges. And like I imagine if you looked at her chart, it would be really intimidating. She just had got a new pediatrician. I'm sure that's intimidating to get. But when somebody runs across Anna, they feel like extremely loved. And everybody loves Anna, right? Yeah. I haven't met anyone that hasn't. So what are the typical responses you get from people who meet Anna? Um, they instantly smile when they see her. I think that's safe to say almost everyone Yay. does that. They are, well, what's interesting is no matter what kind of person it is, um, they seem to be just brought right to acting silly and joyful with her. Even the most business of men I've seen just tickle and be tickled by her instantly. Um, they feel connected to her right away, I think. And um, I think they can tell that she just accepts them as they are. Yeah. 
So a couple months ago, Anna got her feeding tube, and before that, um, she wasn't very healthy. She had had a couple really rough years. We were talking about praying about trying to figure out with doctors and stuff how to get Anna help. And um, at the same time, this series of podcasts was starting where we're talking about this wholeness kind of thing. When you think of in those moments or moments like right now even where a lot of Anna's health is better, um, but not absolutely everything. Um, what, like, what are you hoping for when you hope for a better life for Anna? I think, let's see, when I'm thinking of before her feeding tube, I was hoping for her to be back to the little girl she was because she was, she wasn't having the energy that she used to have. She laid on the couch a lot. She didn't smile quite as much or laugh quite as hard. <clears throat> so at that time, I was just hoping to get her back to that, to her joy-filled self. <clears throat> and then um, when we got that G-tube, the feeding tube, that that happened. Like within weeks, we saw her laughing again and giggling really hard. And actually just the first, I think it was, I don't remember how many weeks later, but I remember the first weekend that, she just giggled like nonstop, and we realized how sick she really was before, and we had almost forgotten how like full of life she was. Yeah. So Anna is a hooper. She plays on a regional championship basketball team. I was a quarter finalist in the state of Kentucky in the Special Olympics. Um, uh, was it B bracket? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She is a Louisville Flyer, one of the first off the bench and the halftime show. Um, watching Anna's team is incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the Flyers? Oh, man. Uh, if I could watch them practice every night, I would. <laughs> they are so much fun to watch. Just a group of... I don't know, um, big age range kind of from Anna being the youngest to I think almost 30 is the oldest and different abilities. But um, it's just, I can't even explain it. I think everyone should just get to go see them. They're just full of life. They make you smile just watching them, trying so hard. And I mean, I, I just, it's like they don't, even worry about what anyone thinks they don't I feel bad for like a second shake it off try again they miss a lot they mess up a lot and it does not even phase them so I feel like my time that I get to watch them is just all about bringing me back to what matters and you know focusing on what just what life is about honestly watching them I forget all my problems all I think about is just them and the joy they have, and I think I smile through the whole practice and the whole games. Yeah. So you're real involved in Anna's class too. Become good friends with her, her teacher. Um, what's that been like? Just getting into this world that you had studied some and and things in college, but then um, being in this world as as a mom. What's this like? It is interesting. I mean, we're definitely a group 
that is different. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and a lot of challenges and a lot of fighting for your child. And you see a lot of that. It's not just us. It's every family kind of has this same, I don't know, sense about them. Like you can just look in their eyes and know like, like I feel you have been there. I know that you're, you constantly have to fight for your child to get what they deserve, to be treated like they should, to be like the other kids. And it just makes you closer. And even like honest teacher, she, just being a teacher of special needs kids, we have that bond as well. Mm -hmm. Someone who fights for somebody else who, who needs that extra help. Um, again, same with Anna's like basketball team, her class, same thing. You go in there and there's just a different feel than any other room. Um, you would think it'd be sad, and I guess sometimes maybe it is. There's some sad things that you see if you let yourself think like that, but when you really look, it's just kind of joy because in this world of special needs, it's a lot about being able, what you're able to do. I think if the outside world looks at what they can't do, and inside Anna's classroom at least, and for her teacher Shannon, it's all about what they can do. So I think there's a lot of encouragement and, and joy that is in a room that maybe you wouldn't think of when you first walk in. Yeah. So there's a few people who know of us and like that I've met places and probably three or four times since Anna had her recent surgery, I've talked to people who are like, wow, you have five kids, four came through adoption, and then on top of those challenges and plant to church, you're working in Ethiopia, all these things, on top of those, your daughter has um, all of these needs, all of these inabilities. They don't, they don't know the abilities, like you said. They don't know where she's able. Um, but they talk as if it's like this deficit. And they're not being mean, they just don't know. And I've said, you don't know the gift that Anna is for our, our family, the glue that she is. Um, not just our family, uh, for a lot of people, but for our family in particular. T talk for a minute, as a mom, what it has been like watching her for her brothers. Um, yeah, that is, you're definitely right when people think it's challenging with Anna and that's what they'll say specifically, like, oh, man, and on top of all that, you have Anna. And, yeah, it's exactly the opposite. Like, oh, my goodness, if I didn't have Anna, I don't know what my life would be. It would not be as, I mean, not anywhere near as awesome as it is. So, yeah, what, um, I wish everyone could have an Anna, except that I don't want to share, and I only want one of her, so <laughs> I can't. But what she does for her brothers is amazing to me. Um, I think she has, even if they don't realize it yet, I think maybe they do realize, but she has helped each of them become better, um, more loving, more patient, more kind. I think when they go out into the world, they see it differently just because they get to be honest brother. Um, they're, I mean, each one of them is, is different, of course, but... I do think each of them has, is learning love differently because they have Anna. Um, it's like no matter how bad of a day you have or how hard life is on the outside of this house, when they get to see Anna, their face changes. They soften. They, they're excited. 
they kind of put away some of their crap that they have going on and they just give her the time. And it's almost like maybe we use Anna in the wrong way, but she fills us up. So we give her time, but I think we're actually sucking everything out of her that we can. All the joy, the extra that she has to give. I feel like that for myself. I try to soak it up. I'm like, can I have it, please? Like, sure, I'll play with you, but really I'm secretly just soaking you up. So there's, um, that, that's completely true. I mean, even just today, I just felt like a long day. And there was nothing more enjoyable than sitting and, like, wrestling her and fighting her and tickling her um, and being wrestled by her. It, it was it was awesome. And those kind of things are all the time. Right? We kind of almost fight over who gets to put her to sleep at night. There's a lot of joy in that. And at the same time, there's a, there are real challenges. There are points where we talk um, and we're grieving things. It's not that we wish Anna was any different, but Anna's our only little girl. And um, just what does it look like to adore who Anna is and still be grieving over it? Or where do you do that? That's a good question. Uh, I would love to hear what other parents in this situation say about that, actually, because I think it's a learning that. Because it's true. I mean, she is amazing and awesome. And would I really change anything about her? I mean, maybe I'd have her eat a little more on her own. That's about it. But otherwise, I, I love who she is. But yeah, then there's those times where you're, it's really clear that she isn't like other 11-year-old girls. And those moments just hit you if you're ready or not. Like, usually you're not ready. Um, usually they're in silly moments for me, things that it's not the big blatant things to me. Even her talking, like, as much as I'd love to hear her thoughts, that doesn't always get me because she's really good at communicating. I mean, I know she loves me. Um, I usually know what she wants you know, her basic needs, but it's in the small moments that, yeah, I can't even think of one right now, but like, you'll just see it and it hits you. And I don't know what you do. I don't know what your question was, <laughs> <laughs> actually, um, <laughs> what you were specifically asking, like how to deal with that. I don't. Well, just like what you agree. Like, I think for me, I can think of two times and it's different for dads and moms. Uh, for whatever reason, in our culture, dads kind of get a pass on being a, a certain distance away and sadly get pats on the back for ever dropping their child off at school or anything. But I remember like two years ago, I think it was two years ago, there was a father-daughter dance. And we got dressed up, and you painted her nails, and she put this cute little dress on. We left early and went and looked at toys at Toys R Us. And then she kept saying something. And I didn't know what she was saying. And I thought she wanted to go to Chick-fil-A because she always wants to go to Chick-fil-A. But she was saying cheeseburger. And she knew what she was saying, but I didn't know what she was saying. And finally figured it out. Got her a cheeseburger. Um, went to the dance and they played Let It Go at the end. And Anna took over the whole room. 
screaming let it go and dancing and i remember wanting to cry a little bit because a couple dads they were all very sweet but they thought her singing that she was in distress because she was so excited <laughs> and so they wanted to like rescue her from her joyous moment and being like oh no she could not be more ecstatic that they're playing this song and she's yelling happy yells and just this, I wish, it's not that I wanted her to change, it's I wanted to know, I wanted to know Cheeseburger, and I wanted to know other things. There's been moments where I know she's in pain, and I don't know what the pain is. And then I think of last year, when I went on a field trip with her, on that, that horrible boat that everyone loves in Louisville, and she was dancing with her friend, and I'm watching them dance, and all of a sudden, Anna falls. And is leaning on her friend and her sweet friend is kind of holding her up and doesn't know what to do and it's because i was having a seizure on a field trip on a boat and as she comes out of her seizure i know she's embarrassed and scared and i think dads especially want to rescue i'm less good at nurturing i want to fix and i want to rescue and there's no way that i can save my daughter from that moment and those are moments that I, I don't want. I don't really have the moments anymore of wanting a typical dad-daughter experience. I really love my experience with Anna, but I grieve that I can't always take away pain and I can't always know what she needs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. <laughs> So what, as you dream of for Anna going forward, what do you dream of for her? Um, I, I dream of her being able to achieve all that she can and being filled with joy, which she already is, but, but like for herself, like that she's happy with what who she is and what she's able to do and what she gets out of life. Um, of course, I want her to reach, you know, everything that she can reach. I don't think that, you know, all of a sudden she's going to start speaking full sentences. I don't dream of that. Um, I mean, she's probably going to live with us or her brothers or some. Yeah, she'll, yeah, she'll be with us forever and her brothers will fight over her who gets to have her weekends because they already are starting to talk about that and I just I don't know I dream that I mean for her I want her to be her like full self like what she can be what's what's the most for her what's the best her full capacity whatever that is and that's what's hard in this world that's what's hard with special needs is you don't know so many times you have no idea what that is I don't want to put the set the bar anywhere because I don't want to make it too low. I don't want to make it too high. I don't want to put expectations on her that she doesn't want and she can't tell me anyway. So I, you know, I, that's a really scary, scary thing. I know I have to make sure that I don't put what I want for her on to what she wants because I have ideas, you know, what I think she should, should want to do or, where to go and I, I have to be careful with that as she gets older 
I definitely noticed that she's um, she's very aware that she's not like her peers. And then there's some areas of her that she is like her peers. And um, I think when you're talking about what she can be and, or what I dream for her, I think that's where it's really hard because when I think of a 25-year-old Anna, I don't know what parts of her will be a 25-year-old and what will still be an 11-year-old. So how has Anna helped you become whole? More, more whole. It's obviously a process for all of life. But how has she even healed and, and made you more whole? Um, I, man, just getting to love her <clears throat> is and being loved by her has taught me what, like, what a true love really is. That unconditional love that I mean, we hear about, we talk about that with Jesus. But I don't think we get to ever come close to experiencing what it feels like until you really have someone with, I'm going to say, someone with special needs in your life. Like, I know for Anna, I'm just speaking, like, for her, I know enough other people with special needs. But I think that's so much closer to how Jesus loves than we'll ever find in any typical person. And I think that's, I mean, that's so fun to watch because I watch her just, you can, honestly, you can bail on her and not treat her very nice. And <laughs> 20 minutes later, she's right back loving you exactly as much as she loved you before, which is with her whole heart. And that's a constant reminder. So when you, if you can imagine living in that and getting that reminder over and over and over, you first feel really like a horrible person <laughs> because <laughs> I'm nowhere near as awesome or as like great as Anna is. Like I would love to love like she loves, but I'm pretty sure I'll never get to love at that, that ability that she has. So, I mean, that just is one thing. And I think she's helped me just so – Living, um, not living with the fear of the what-ifs all the time. When she was little, that was all the time. She had really bad seizures. She honestly should have died at least a couple times. And you, it's just one of those things. I remember a moment we had in the bathroom. <laughs> she was so little, just a couple years old. And it was right after all this, we're learning about, her seizures and just kind of really getting the full picture of like this is something that's gonna be like this forever <laughs> like when you have to go through that moment of kind of accepting that we don't know what's gonna happen with her I remember I looked at her <clears throat> and I just said I said I'm sorry Anna I'm sorry I can't make you better I'm sorry that I can't help you t to talk to me. I'm sorry. I don't know how to, to fix any of this. And I remember she just looked at me and said, I love you, Mommy. And at that time, I mean, she had very few words. She barely has any more now. But it was just in that moment, she just looked at me, and in, in that little bit, that little I love you, Mom, it told me, I don't know, it just hit me, like, it's going to be all right. Just love her. Like, love her. 
and um, yeah, so since since then, uh, she's just been teaching me to just love her and kind of just live life uh, a little differently, a little less with a little less control, a little less tight gripped, and uh, to enjoy enjoy the little things, which I already thought I was good at, but <laughs> I wasn't. So this is obviously a podcast and not a vlog, but um, little Anna sitting right next to Nikki, and she was falling asleep and pretty much asleep, but she's really smart and she hears emotion in her mommy and gets big doe eyes and looks over at her mom to see if she's okay. Because she loves her. And now she wants her nails cut. Um, well, last thing. Uh, <clears throat> some of the people who are listening don't know you. But they know families. Um, they know families who have their own versions of Anna. Not as cool. Um not as close to perfect as our Anna, but they have families who who have children who have atypical strengths and whose abilities look different. Um, what would you say for someone who wants to befriend a family like ours? And just honestly, I think most people just feel silly because they don't know how. Uh, what would you say? Um, well, I would say um, that families like ours, I'm just going to speak on all of them, we're, we're a mess, and we don't fit in a box, and I haven't met anyone that has awesome kids like Anna who fits in a box and is not a little bit of a mess. So I, I think that when you approach family like ours, it helped if you kept in mind that we've had to fight a lot and been told no a lot and kind of just maybe have a little bit of an attitude of just like, we want to fit in, but we don't fit in. Will you love us anyway? So I, I just say, keep that in mind when you, that to be really open that you are just going to love them and that you'll accept them who, for who they are and, and listen. I think that's another huge thing is just be honest saying I don't understand I don't I don't know how you do your life can you tell me yeah I think that's good I think the people who walk near us uh, we just bring them into awkward situations and they walk right through it with us like I think of when <laughs> a few people did but particularly when Jamel came over after Anna had surgery and she really wanted to show him his uh, or her she wanted to show him her uh, feeding tube and it wasn't pretty it was scarred up and bruised and he didn't have the luxury as our friend of having an opinion about whether he wanted to look or not uh, he was Anna's guest and so it's just time to like just a lot of moments like that where 
you're just thrown in. Anna, to all of my friends, once you're in with her, she comes up and pushes your belly. And to several of my friends, walks behind them and puts her arms real gently around their waist <laughs> from behind in yes. other really, really <laughs> awkward moments. And that's just part of loving Anna and part of loving us. Yeah, to the the friends, I think the friends that have done it best with us are the ones that do just roll up their sleeves and jump right in. Like, okay, what are we doing? I mean, are we all going to start playing some ridiculous game? Then they just jump in and play the game. Um, is it helping me clean up bodily fluids at the hospital at 1130 at night? Then that's what you do. And those, everyone, I think of like the friends who've, but I feel like, I mean, that that's how you do it. Like, if I was going to tell someone else, I guess that's what I would say to me. But I think for me, that's one of the millions of benefits of Anna in our life. Is somehow she is like a magnet, attracted really good people into our life. Where I feel like we're really rich in, in relationships. The people who just love this little girl. Thank you to my wife, Nikki. Thank you to my little girl, Anna, for her noises, her joy. And thank you for listening. That means a lot to me that you understand me a little more. You see the world that I'm living in and why there's passion behind what there's passion behind. Um, More than is about recognizing that we're all made in God's image. And that everyone has a story to tell. That everyone has some worth. And Anna, maybe more than anyone else that I know, has taught me that. And so I'm glad that you got to journey a little bit with us on this. We're going to continue exploring wholeness. We're going to look within the church. We're going to look at race. We're going to continue looking at how it is not making us all the same or all typical. Instead, more fully alive. So thanks for journeying.